Oh, thank you, O Father, because October 10th. Whereby shall I know? Well, thank you, O Father, because you have bid these things, hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and have revealed them unto babes. All the, all the messages tonight were about what? Revelation, right? Yes. All the messages were about light and darkness, right? Yes. All the messages were about obedience, right? Yes. The whole message is about that tonight. Now, how did, how did Glenn do that? He didn't. How did I do that? I didn't. God did it. God gave me a date today. I went back and said, I've talked to him several times. And, and I went and said, oh, is there something else? And I looked at the title, saw another title. And I went to the page and just got said, no, it's not going to work. I said, okay. So, and he kept saying, go back to the 10th. I said, go back to the 10th. I've taught it on a Monday, a Tuesday, and another Monday. Mm -hmm. Guess what now? We're teaching on a Thursday. <laughs> so I'm going to get all y'all. <laughs> yeah. And so, biggest part about this whole thing for us today, what's the date today? The 16th. 16th, 16th. all right. In spiritual relationships, we do not grow step by step. You ain't gonna like this, kids. You're either there or you're not. So let's take a vote, shall we? Let's 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 just do, do it. Raise the hand. How many of you are are, are walking in the in the spiritual realm 100 percent No hands? So it's easier, you're either there. Or you're not. Because a little leaven leavens the whole up, right? Yeah. I didn't see anybody over there raise a hand. Nope. So here's the problem. Why not? You've been told and taught that if you don't, you're not going to heaven. Right? Yeah. Unless you're going to be his disciple, you're not going. So why would we not get under the disciplines of the Spirit and let the Spirit run our lives? Why do we still think we have to lean to our own understanding? Why do we think we have to see? Why do we think we have to know? Why is that flesh in the way? All in the name of Jesus. Bullshit. You're either in him or you're not. It's not his fault. It's not somebody's going to let a little bit of rope out every day. He gave it to us. He gave us everything for life and godliness. In one fell swoop 2,000 years ago. And what are you doing with it? You've been with me, Daniel, 15, 20 years. It ain't from a lack of teaching. It ain't from a lack of getting your butts chewed. It's a lack of freaking your focus and your commitment. You don't want to commit. You're going to get what you got. And at the end of the day, when I walk up in those pearly gates, I'm not going to look behind me. Because I'm already knowing no one's going. Because you can't commit. You have all these waffling moments. So if you don't, and I'm not asking you got to be a holy committed. You got to commit and then work out your commitment, right? Yes. But when I see a commitment, the last thing I see, which is the bad problem I'm having with Danny, is the doubt that he has. So where's the commitment and doubt? There's none. A commitment is, I'm 100% in, and I'll learn as I go. You come in and say, I'm 100%, and you doubt. You just threw it out the window. You went right back to you deciding whether God was God or not. Well, I, that's not what I wanted to do. But that's what you're doing. And unless I tell you, you will continue to do it, thinking that you're getting this all right. There's not a moment apart from him, ever, you're in him, period. And if you don't like that, then what are you doing here? Trying to play make-believe and pretend? Dress up? So when do you commit? 
that husband, that wife, in righteousness, walk up to an altar and they commit to each other till death do us part. Manny and Ryan could vouch for this. And the next year they get their ass kicked by all their, their assumptions they walked into the marriage with. Even though I spent 11 months teaching them about that bullshit assumptions, after 11 months they walked in and I had to see them almost every two weeks to say, don't you remember what we said and what you said to each other? Did you forget all these things? And they, they, they battled it out for a year and at the end of the year, you know what they both did? They quit. Took them 10 years before they finally said, yeah, um, I gotta quit pretending I'm a husband, pretending I'm a wife. I gotta, I gotta get her. Mandy was a straight witch. Straight up. That's all she knew. Learned it from her father and her mother. Ryan was a scared little, scared little bunny rabbit. Had rabbit in him everywhere he went. And after 10 years, they finally said, this shit ain't working. They got together and started trying to figure out how to get a marriage going. By that time, they had a whole bunch of messes in their life. They keep talking about how they want to fix it, but what are they doing today? Still running scared. Still have the same issues because they still haven't committed. The commitment's not to me. It's to God. And when I know you've committed, you and I will be running side by side. But if you're not fully committed if that other bullshit still interferes with your life, then you're not committed. And I try to teach them before they said I do. Because once they said I do, they went, what the heck did I do? Then they start figuring out how to live a life apart from that, right? Then actually doing the righteous things. I know, I remember renewing vows for these two, having the same conversation. And what have they done with it? Went right back into the, the knee deep of lust. I said, I'm not marrying you if you're going to stay in this lust. And so I, they, they decided they would come around here and want to live here. And they want to, you know, have that lustful stuff going on. I said, oh, uh -uh. not my house you ain't. You want that shit, you go back over where you live and you have all the lust you want, but not in my house. You don't do that. Have they both listened? Terribly. They still don't have testimonies of commitment yet. This one pretended to be committed. First chance he got to show that he was committed, he should have been committed. He's fucking lost his damn mind. What commitment was there to a holy, righteous life? that he'd been walking with me, watching every day for two years, three years. Now he's trying to make it, make it come back. Well, it's good because he spent almost a year and a half, you know, trying to, I don't know, suck my big toe or some shit, I don't know. But it was ridiculous. Now he's trying to actually be who he's supposed to be. He's actually almost pleasant to be around again. This one still hasn't pulled it all the way through. Commitment means something. Just nothing to you, I guess. You got married, right? Commitment. I'm committed to his paycheck. He can provide for me and my daughter. And she gave herself up to a paycheck. Where in the hell was I when that happened? Wasn't around, was I? Then I pull them both together because they're going to kill each other. And I'm trying to put them back together in a holy, righteous matrimony and teach them, counseling them every week. We had to be in a park. Why? Not because of them, because I had to lose my fucking cool. Dave was an absolute ass and she was a what was she was. Then all of a sudden they started making some progress. And somewhere, he grew a pair of balls. He didn't know how to handle them. Then she finally let go of them. Until now it's broke up and gone. And what did he do? He took all the Christian stickers off and went straight to hell. So do you know what commitment is? 
I'll tell you what commitment is. When do I sit in this chair? Every time. How many days a week do I do this? At least five days a week. How many days of ministry do I have? Seven. How many, how many moments do I let you get away with? None. As a shepherd, I'm a shepherd 24-7, 365. You can't get away with that. I can't allow you to step outside the fold because the wolves and the bears and the lions are going to eat you. And I try to keep you in the fold. And you keep saying, well, I just want to go, I just want to go out and explore. I said, you go out and explore, you're going to eat up somebody's lunch. And you go, well, yeah, but you're mean. You're, you're, you're too strict. I'm too strict. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what. The hell with me. Go find out. One of them takes the stickers off his car. My son Nick goes down there and creates a whole bunch of nightmare. And all of a sudden, I'm a terrible person. Not considering the fact he stole 80 grand from me and all the other stuff. So I'm a terrible person, right? Well, no. What was found out is what, when he knew I found out what happened, he had to make a big stink like it was me that was the problem. The only one that stood solid through all of this, all of it, is me. And I've begged you, begged you to commit your life to Christ. And you've again gone back again and again and again to your way of thinking. You can't stay on course and stay on point consistently. Commitments about learning to be consistent. Learn that it isn't always going to go your way. But reality is, it is going your way because God's teaching you, guiding you, and leading you. It's the only way you really want to go. But what we want to do is we want to live by whatever feels good, which, I'm sorry, go get married and find out how long it feels good. One of these days, you got to talk to them. Then you're going to find out they don't agree with your agreements. And you know what's really funny? Opposite attract, right? Oh, I saw you coming. You're so cool. Man, you, you, you complete me, right? And then they start talking. You want to go, shut up. You're stupid. I want to go do the, you, why, why are you like it? Why can't you just do what I want you to do? And they want to call that a marriage. And what's worse, it's not just bad in the world. It's worse in the kingdom. Marriage in the world, 50% of the marriages crash. In the, in the churches, 60%. They all get married for the wrong reasons. Think that if they get married, everything's going to be good. All they get married for is so they have sex. And sex ends. You've decided to commit 24 hours a day to the two-minute orgasm you had. All of a sudden, that two minutes just isn't what it used to be anymore. Then you start looking around and saying, I'd be happier somewhere else. And pretty soon you get it right. You would be happier somewhere else. Only because you're an, you know, an ungrateful SOB. Yeah, but don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. In the spiritual relationship, we're going to grow up step by step. We're either there or we're not. You choose. God does not cleanse us more and more from sin. But when we are in the light, walking in the light... We're cleansed from the sin. So in about something you got to do, you got to go walk in the light and the sin will be cleansed. It's a byproduct of obedience. It's not something for you to go do. You choose. It's a question of obedience. And instantly the relationship is what? Perfected. Turning away for one second out of obedience and darkness and death are at work at once. Do I need to say, uh-huh? All of God's revelations, what we just keep talking about, all the revelations, right? All of God's revelations are sealed until they're open to us by what? Obedience. Obedience. You will never get them open by philosophy or thinking. 
immediately you obey and a flash of light comes, all of a sudden you go, oh wow, I have an aha moment. Well, I got bad news for you. That moment was there a long, long time ago. Long before you even showed up. Long before you were born. You just finally stepped into the light and went, hey! He went, yeah, been waiting for the, have this party since, since the, be the beginning of the earth. Right? You know, you know the story when he says, you know, you, one person saved into heaven, all the angels are going to party? Yeah. Think about that. Hey, one of them finally got it. Hey, woo yeah, let's get this. We're having a party tonight. <laughs> well, I guess most of them don't. Let God's truth work in you by soaking in the truth. God, didn't we just say that? He was soaking in it, and if we soak in the truth, it, it, so didn't Glenn just say that? Yeah, I think he did, right? Soaking in it. Not by worrying yourself into it. The only way you can get to know is to stop trying to find out and by being born again. So just get born again and quit trying to figure, that out, figure stuff out. The challenge you face is you think you need to know and you don't want to do it. You think you need to see it and know because you're trying to be careful. God said be careful for what? Oh, you read that verse. Well, that's amazing. Did you think he was kidding? But all you all you run around trying to be careful. How careful am I? Do I not blow you up every time you're in here if you're doing something wrong? Yes, yes. How careful am I? We should be careful. You might, might leave. I hope so. <laughs> if they're going to be this stupid, I don't want them around. But you guys keep showing back up, which tells me something inside of you wants what I'm what I'm dishing up here. But when are you going to start setting down the table to eat? When are you going to start taking this for real? See, most of the people, she's got, she puts this stuff online. Most of the people that are out there listening to this, they'll have nothing to do with someone like me. They don't want anybody to call them on the carpet. Then stay home. Stay away from me. Because I'm going to call your bullshit out every time. You need to get right and righteous or you've got nothing coming. I am a warrior for him. I battle for him. Whether you come or not, it's not relevant. I'm going to be a warrior and I'm going to battle for him. War a good warfare. That's my job. You don't get it? It will not be from a lack of me teaching. It will not be because I powder puffed a message in you, slipped it in your back pocket. No, I'm going to call you out. Why? Because somebody needs to. We live in a place where everybody do whatever they want to do. Nobody cares. Well, if you're going to hang out with me, you better care. Because this isn't about you doing your worldly crap in the realm with me. No. With the realm here, you've got to learn to come in and be righteous. Be holy. To, oh, you're a fanatic. you damn straight up a fanatic. Why? It's the only thing in the world's worth being a fanatic over. Y'all are fanatics. you got a, you got a TV series or something you want to watch or a set of music that you want to play all the time. But you are fanatics about the stuff you have in your life. So am I. My stuff doesn't cause death. Yours does. Obey God in the thing in which he shows you. And instantly the next thing is opened up. One moment of revelation, you obey it, the next moment's opened. It's like Christmas every day. One, one reads Tomes or whatever it is. It's volumes on the work of the Holy Spirit. When five minutes of drastic obedience would make things clear as the sunbeam. All sitting around here talking about how I don't know and I'm still struggling when five minutes of absolute obedience would fix all of you. 
It would start you on a path that you would never want to get off of again. And I can't get you to be obedient long enough. You keep compromising the obedience because your nature and your habit is to compromise. Always doubt, think somebody that you got it figured out, which is brief and fleeting. Well, does brief and fleeting sound like the life you want to have? Over. No, I want to live eternal. That doesn't start the day I die. Starts today. I suppose I shall understand these things someday. You can understand them right now if you'd like. It's not study that does it. It's obedience. The tiniest fragment of obedience and heaven opens up and the profoundest truths of God are yours straight away. God will never reveal what you already know. So beware of becoming wise and prudent thinking you've got this all figured out. Because it will not work out well for you. Romans chapter 6. I'm sorry. Romans chapter 1. Verse 1. A lot of verses took up the whole page. <laughs> Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, who we all know very well, right? Yes. A servant of Jesus, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Exactly what I'm asking of you. Take out that starter of a new work. What new work are you going to do? You've got to be apostolic in your life, right? Don't you have a lot of new works you're going to start? Yes. Yeah. And then I want you to be separate of the gospel where he can actually settle these new works into your new character and personality he's trying to create. Amen. Which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Though, so, by the way, these promises are to you as it was to Paul. But how many of you are going to walk around going, well, I didn't get my promises. Yes, you did. You just didn't show up to, to pick them up the day they were available. You kept going your own way, your own way. Had, you know, kind of going your own track on this stuff. Turning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made the seed of David according to the flesh. And he declared it to be the son of God with power. According to the spirit of the holiness and by the resurrection from the dead. By whom we have received grace, divine influence, apostleship, for obedience. So we've got grace and apostleship. For obedience to the faith among all of the nations for his namesake, among whom you are all called of Christ. All of you are also called. To all of us that are called, we need to take a step in the right direction. Romans chapter 2, verse 17. Behold, you are called a Jew, and you rest in the law and make your boast of God. And he's not talking to the Jews here. He's talking to the, the new Jews, which is you. Okay? And you know his will, and you approve the things which are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. So it is like I haven't taught you out of the word, and you agree they're all true. And yes, those, are, those things are right. And are confident that you thyself are a guide of the blind, and light of them that are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of a knowledge and of the truth in the law. So you, therefore... That teach another. Do you not teach yourself? You that preach a man should not steal, do you steal? You that say a man should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? Do you abhor the idols or do you commit sacrilege? You that make thy boast of the law, 
Though your walk with the Lord, he's talking about here, not the, not the law, Ten Commandments, your walk with the Lord. Through breaking the law, do you dishonor to God? For the name of God's blasphemed among the Gentiles through you. As it is written, for circumcision, truly profits very little. If you keep the law, but if one be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. So if you're not walking this walk in righteousness, it's counted as unrighteousness and therefore um, put down, like I say, circumcision becomes uncircumcision. And no, uh, no one uncircumcised is going. He's talking about your heart. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not the uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? So, where, where do we live this life in such a way that we see that glory in us and each other? Right? Yes. Romans 2, 17. Hmm? Behold, you are called a Jew... And rest of the law, right? For circumcision promise a little ago. If you keep the law, but if you be a breaker of the law, your circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, the uncircumcision keeps the righteousness of the law. Shall his right uncircumcision be counted for him as circumcision? And shall not the uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge you, who with a letter and circumcision does transgress the law? So all you that want to talk about in church means somebody out there that's actually living his life to that, can he not come and judge you? Saying, then you're supposed to be a Christian? I'm more Christian than you are. Right. And I don't even go to church. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is he that circumcision, which is outward of the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit, and not of the letter, but who, whose praise is not of men, it's of God. 5, 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all of us, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? Yes. Yes. For until the law was sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there was no law. When there was no rules, people were rule breakers everywhere. As soon as the law came in, rule breakers had to, had to line up and get punished for their rule breaking. But before there was rules, what are you going to punish them for? Nothing. You can't. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. They still all died. Even after them that had a similitude, had not sinned after the same similitude of Adam's transgression, who was the figure of them that, had, that was to come, even though they were good people. Maybe they didn't have a right to themselves or fall like Adam did. Didn't matter. They were all fallen from that seed, right? Yes. But not as the offense is also the free gift. For through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God. And the gift by grace, which is to one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded to many. So through him, we have fixed that problem. It had a bad leak, and we got the leak fixed. It was not as it was one, one that sinned, so as the gift of the judgment was of one to condemnation, but the free gift of many offenses to justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one much more, they which received the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. That's why we know the righteousness, the, the obedience of Christ. 
we have to line ourselves up with his obedience because it's the faith of Christ and God and our obedience of Christ that's going to get us through. Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound. But where the sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin has reigned unto death, so we might grace reign to the righteousness, to the eternal life that's given to us by Jesus Christ our Lord. So what should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace can continue to abound? God forbid. How should we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? I don't know. You guys got the answer to that one, I suppose, huh? So know you not that so many of us that were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by the baptism of the death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so we also should walk in the newness of life. We should walk in the newness of life which you all should be walking in. And if you're walking in the newness of light in the light, guess what happens? He will cleanse you from your sin. Just saying. For we've been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So if we've actually died as he died, crucified as he crucified, then we can walk in the resurrected life as he is the resurrected life. But until you die as he did and lay your, lay your old, lay old man's flesh down and start walking the new creature, you're not walking in the resurrection life. You can't have it. You can tell me about all these warm fuzzies and goosebumps and, and, and butterflies, whatever you want to call it. It ain't going to work. That's all your body just reacting to your foolishness. It's not real. That same person talks about, well, I get Holy, Goose, Holy Ghost bumps. Really? I like to see the Holy Ghost bumps. Because if I can walk outside the church and see them not walking it, there wasn't no Holy Ghost bumps. There's a whole bunch of feel good in there. They got off on singing. They got off on whatever. Holy Ghost bumps are going to come. There ain't no, no question. He, he can fire you up if you get in a scene with the, the Spirit of God moving and rolling. I'm telling you, it's incredible. Look at the Spirit that lands here. And how many people actually walk in righteousness? So it's not like the Spirit ain't big enough. Not like what I call him out to do and ask him to do. He'll come and do it. He'll do it for all of you. Why? To try to say, you see what you're missing? But instead of seeing what you're missing, you decided that's what it is. That's not what it is. That's like a taste. To make you go out some more. And if you don't want some more, then why do you keep coming back and tasting it? God says for us to taste and see. And once you taste and see, he's expecting a, a commitment from us. We taste of the Lord and we see it's good and we don't want to come back to live our whole life that way. That doesn't make sense, does it? Not logical, not common sense, not nothing. And yet you do it every time. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. So the old man had the sin on it, it's destroyed, that henceforth we would not serve sin. We wouldn't be having to serve that old behaviors anymore. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. But if you believe that, you'd start living so you couldn't actually have that, right? Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more, has death no more, has dominion over him. For in he that died, he died unto sin one time, but in that he lives, he lives unto God. From now on, everything he does is unto God. Likewise, reckon you yourselves also to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God through Christ Jesus our Lord let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it and the lusts that come with it neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God for sin shall not have dominion over you either for you're not under the law but you're under grace so what then shall we Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. 
Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves, servants, to obey, who you keep yielding to, and who you keep obeying, do you not understand his servants you are to whom you obey? If it's the son of God or son of Satan, well, I'll tell you what, I see a lot of Satan, a lot of them around, everywhere. Whether of sin and death or obedience and righteousness. For God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. We all were. But you've obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. So you didn't have to go out and do something. The minute you became servants of righteousness, you're not serving righteousness out here. You're serving righteousness that was given to you. Remember? He became to us righteousness. It's already there. It's not some little bit at a time, you know, what, you know, a little bit now, a little bit later, and, and some measure of levels. It's already 100% in you. So you can keep obeying the crap or obey what you're made of. We have to make a choice. I speak after the manner of man because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you've yielded your members servants unto uncleanness, to iniquity and to iniquity, even so now I ask that you yield your members servants unto righteousness unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit you had in those things, wherever you now you are ashamed of your old past, right? But not ashamed enough to give yourself a commitment to God. For into those things was and is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit into holiness. And I'll take a little bit of fruit and pretty soon you're going, yeah, that wasn't so hard. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be obedient again and again. And again, pretty soon obedience becomes a way of life. And you have your fruit in holiness and then the end is everlasting life. You get to be eternal in that moment. For the wages of sin is death, but that gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 13. I'm gone. 13. Verse 11. And that knowing the time, that now the high time to awake out of the sleep. For our salvation is nearer now than it was when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not rioting, drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Make no room in that in your life for that at all. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1. Let a man so account of us. Let him look upon us and let him account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required in stewards, though, that a man be found what? Faithful. But with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of some man's judgment. Yeah, I don't even judge my own self. For I know nothing by myself. I know nothing but Jesus Christ and crucified. Yet I am not hereby justified. He that judges me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before it's time till the Lord come, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, the thoughts and the intents of the hearts. And then shall every man have a praise of God. And these things, brethren, I have a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sake, that you might learn in, in us not to think of men above that which is written. That no one of you be puffed up one against the other. For who's going to make you to differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you didn't receive it, why do you walk about glorying about what you think you got? As if somehow you hadn't received it. Now, if you are full, now you are rich. You have reigned as kings without us. And I would that God did, to God you would reign. 
but you'd also might reign with you. We, we would have that opportunity to reign with you. That we'd all get this message, right? Yes. 2 Corinthians 4. Verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, a second chance again and again and again, we're not going to faint. But we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. We're not walking in any craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully. But by the manifestation of the truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Let you be the definition of my life. Let you judge by my conscience whether I'm living right or not. I want to live so right with God that my conscience is clear and that you can see that it's righteousness. So you might be led to righteousness for your life too so we can, we can actually have a, a greater depth of fellowship. We have a good time of fellowship now. How much greater might it be if we were all of one mind, one accord in Christ Jesus? We'd be, it'd be amazing, but we've got to get there. And you don't get there by sitting on your hands. You get there by doing what these last two verses, three verses have said. But if our gospel be hidden, it's hidden to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light, the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But that we have this treasure in an earthen vessel, that the excellency of the power may be of God and absolutely not of us. Second Corinthians six fourteen. So let's make sure we're not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness to do with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What concord or agreement has Christ with Belial or Satan? Or what part has he with a believes with an infidel? What agreement is the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and I will walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Amen. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate. Please, says the Lord. And touch not that unclean thing. And then I will receive you. And you will be, I will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Second mm -hmm. Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. So, though we walk in the flesh, <coughs> we're not warring after the flesh. Amen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But the weapons that are available to us to use are mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds, the things that have got a hold of you. Amen. To cast down the imaginations, the off-cross thinking you have. And every high thing that has exalted itself against the knowledge of God. To get in between whatever your problems are and get back to the knowledge of God, knowing Him for Him to walk you out. And bringing you into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. And then having in a readiness to revenge all of the disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Being able to whoop the devil's butt for messing with you in the first place. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 8. For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as the children of light. I think that Romans just said it, right? Mm -hmm. There we go. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Proving what's acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unrighteous, unrighteous works of darkness. And rather be reproved them. 
for to shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things are reproved for made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is the light. Wherefore he says, Awake you that sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you that light. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but walk as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are in fact evil, worse now than ever. Wherefore you are not, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is it excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns, <clears throat> spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, and giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then submitting yourself to one another in the fear of God to be held accountable. Right? Mm-hmm. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, finally, brethren, it's not finally yet, but finally, brethren, <laughs> be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. Where do we want you strong? Amen. In him. What about you strong? We want you strong in him. It means solid, committed, well-grounded in him. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. When I put on God, I'm, I can stand the wiles of the devil. Why? He can't get to me. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in very high places, which is why I say get out of the high places. Wherever taken you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all, commit, stand. And then stand therefore, having your loins girded about with the truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with preparation for the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you'll be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all power and supplication of the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all of the saints. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We give thanks to God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. We give thanks, and then we, since we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have towards the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, hope is laid up for you where? In heaven. Not much hope here. Laid up for you in heaven. Wherever you have heard before in the word the truth of the gospel, which is coming to you as it is into all the world, and brings forth fruit if you believe, as it does also in you since the day you heard it and knew the grace of the God in truth. Colossians 10, 1, 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord of all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Remember that? We're going to take down the high things, strongholds, and selfish imagination when we get to the knowledge of God. So I'm going to ask you to increase in that knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to the glorious power, unto all patience, long-suffering, with joyfulness, giving thanks to God the Father, which has made us meet, made us prepared to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I like all that. You know why I like that? He's delivered. He's translated. It's already done. Show up. Amen. You don't got to go nowhere. Just get that nonsense out and let God be God. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Colossians I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians 5. We know this one. 
Goodwin. 5-1. See, the times and the seasons, brethren, I don't have to write to you. For yourselves know perfectly, for such a time as this, right? Amen. That the day of the Lord is, is coming as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction is going to come upon them as labor or travail upon a woman. The child, they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not of that darkness that they should overtake you as a thief. You're all the children of the light, children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. We are not Amen. of the darkness. We are of the light. Amen. Act like it. Amen. Therefore, let us not sleep as others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that are drunk are drunk in the night. Let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus. He's appointed us to obtain it. He's trying to cause us to become triumphant. He's appointed you to get there. Who died for us, and whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as also you even do. 1 Timothy verse chapter 6, verse 11. But you, O man of God, I ask that you flee these things. What do you want to flee? The love of the land, love of the world, right? And follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Where do you are called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses? You said so. You've been called to it. Get it. I give you charge in the sight of God, who quickens all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that you would keep this commandment, this commandment, love of the Lord, Lord, heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. You would keep this commandment <coughs> without spot, unrebukable, and to the appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus, which in his times he shall show, he will prove that he is the blessed and only royal the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who only at this point has immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto. We can't get there except through him, whom no man has even seen, nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Give him the glory. 2 Timothy 1.6 Wherefore I will put you in remembrance that you would stir up the gift of God which he's given you, which is in you by the putting on my hand. I prayed, I know it's there. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, a spirit of love, and definitely a sound mind. No more confusion, frustration, hurt, not letting our emotions or things get out of, out of hand. First Peter chapter 1. Verse 1. Peter, just like Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout all the land, he's elect according to the knowledge of God the Father through sanctification, being set apart by the Spirit doing its job in you unto obedience. So we've been set apart so we can be obedient. But many of you are, are clinging on to the old crap and said, let it be set apart through sanctification. He's doing his best to set you apart. But you keep going back to your thinking, your old ways of doing stuff. 
And he's giving you that so that he would separate and get you of the spirit to be obedient and the sprinkling of the blood of Christ. So grace or the divine influence of God be on you and, and, and that peace of God would be multiplied in you. 1 Peter 2, 4. Unto whom call, coming as <clears throat> unto a living stone, he was disallowed indeed of men, but he was chosen of God and he was precious. You also as living stones, born again, Amen. instead of living the old man, are built up a spiritual house, if you let him, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable by God through Christ. When? Now. Now. Last week, last month, last year, 10 years, 20 years, however old you are, it was then. Now, now maybe I can get you to see it because it's been long past it was been given to you, right? Yes. Where do you... It's also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. And he that believes on him shall not be confounded. In other words, you're not going to mess up. This isn't going to be something you try and it's going to work. Nothing's going to stop you. And you, therefore, that believe, he is precious. But to them which is disobedient, the stone which the builders have disallowed, the same is being made the head of the corner, the stumbling stone, the rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient. Where unto you, and where unto they were also appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood chosen from the foundation of the earth, a peculiar people, no kidding, that you would show forth the praises of him who have called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light, which in time past you were not people, but now you are the people of God. Act like it. Which God had obtained mercy, but now we've obtained mercy, right? So dearly beloved, I beg you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from the fleshly lusts which war against your soul. Have your conduct honest among the world, that whether... They speak against you as evildoers. They may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God when he comes back. Peter, 2 Peter, verse 1, 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. We were made, when we were made known unto you the power of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For we received from God the Father honor and glory where there came such a voice unto him from the excellent glory this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and this voice which came from heaven we heard and we were with him in the holy mount we have also a more sure word of prophecy that word we know because we're in Christ and because they heard it so have we there's not a person in this room that hasn't heard from God not a person in this room that probably had disobeyed when he said it including me but I learned that disobeying what he said probably wasn't going to be good for me. So I quit. I like quitting. Okay? Stuff that's not good for me. I'm here to live to be 120. I'm going to make it 120 if I'm going to do the stuff he's told me not to do. I'm going to live as long as I, I possibly can as long as I'm doing what he says, says to do. Why do I go before him and keep asking him if I should do this or not? Because I don't want to be contrary to God. Neither should you. Right? Yes. Second Peter. Right? Voice came from heaven, saying, "This is a sure word of prophecy. Where do you do well that you would take heed, as unto a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawn, and the star day star arise in your hearts." I'd rather you take heed to what he's saying before it's coming. It's going to rise up in you because in a minute he's going to come back. It's going to be too late. Yeah. Knowing this first, 
and no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not of old time by the will of men, but only holy men that spoke of God as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him. And declare that same message to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we're liars because we don't know the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Christ, his son, cleanses us from the old sin. Like he said he would. You walk with me and you'll be cleansed of all sin. But we've got to walk in Christ. If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And the word, his word, obviously, is not in us. Chapter 2, verse 7. Brethren, I write to you no new commandment, but an old commandment which you have known from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. And again, a new commandment I write to you which says that which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past and the true light now shines. He that says he's in the light hates his brothers in darkness even until now. He that loves his brother abides in the light and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hates his brother is darkness and walks in darkness and knows not whether he goes because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Verse Chapter 2, verse 15. So love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not, is not, is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and all that crap's going with it, and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God will abide how long? Forever. Eternal life. Amen. Chapter 2, 24. So let them that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning, and that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall continue in the Son and the Father. And this is, remember the Glenn Jackson talking about abiding? Yes. Makes you imagine that, huh? <laughs> and this is the promise that you've heard and promised us even eternal life. You shall continue in the Son and the Daughter, that, that Son and, and the Father. This is the promise that he's promised to you, even eternal life. These things I've written unto you concerning them that try to seduce you, try to knock you off the path. Even some of you. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. You need not any man teach you, but the same anointing teaches you the things and all, and, and it's the truth and there's no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Also, Glenn Jackson said that exact verse, right? Yes. And now, little children, abide in him, as he told us to in Glenn Jackson, right? <laughs> abide in him. That when he shall appear, we may have confidence, which is what I'm trying to get you to have. Mm -hmm. But I can't get confidence if you do, I get commitment from you. And be not ashamed before him at his coming. In other words, he's coming back. You got something to be ashamed of? No. Let's hope not. If you do, you better get it right. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that does righteousness are the ones that are born of him. So our challenge tonight is, are we going to be born of him? That means born again the way he's given it. That means that the old life is over and done. We're not going to be held by it any longer. We have made a choice and a decision to come out and truly be separate from the things that we've been clinging to forever. But that choice can't be made lightly. Because 
that the devil don't want you to do this. He, he's already been in this house messing with all of you with your flesh. Got you all to compromise. Do I think you did that? No, I think the devil didn't. He just teased you with a button that you had. But the challenge was, you fell to that, that challenge. You did not stand sure as you had been taught. You fell weak to your flesh. In fact, sadly enough, the devil knew exactly what to do because you liked it. Well, I wonder what the world would think in my messages that we were so quick to take. If I start talking about where we came from, if I start talking about what we did with what we've been given, what would the world would think? They wonder why I'm so damn mean. Because I know what the devil's done, and I know that the devil's still trying his best to work inside of most of you, and you're, um, for whatever reason, allowing him to talk, and he's got no right to talk. He's been shut up and shut down by God. But somehow or another, you still want to listen because you, you, you had a tendency to like his little whispers. And now that you've liked his little whispers, his whispers had their effect. And now, now, now it says, what do I say? Be ashamed. Oh, no, I'm not ashamed. Yeah, you are. Somehow or another, you disqualified yourself, and God says, I don't know, I'm going to send pastor there. Why, even though you think you're disqualified, he's going to keep preaching so till you get over yourself. So I'm going to keep preaching till you get over yourself. But you think I'm going to give you any wiggle room? Not any at all. It's time to come out and be separate. It's time let the Holy Spirit sanctify you, set you apart. Let the Holy Spirit cleanse you of your sin. It's time to get right and righteous through obedience. Father, we come before you tonight and say, thank you, Lord. You are an almighty God. Wow. I love you, Lord. I praise you and thank you, Lord, for who you are and who you're trying to encourage us to become. Ask, Lord God, your will be done. As, as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. If, Lord, there is a way for us to get through without having to go through, you know, cleaning up our past, <clears throat> actually dealing with our nonsense, we would love that to be possible. We'd love a magic wand. But there is no magic wand. So not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Let me be led in your will and your purpose alone. Let your spirit have its way. Let us allow that spirit to walk us through that darkness and bring us back into the light. And then once we've tasted that light, Lord God, let us cling to that light with all that we are. We give you praise, honor, glory, and thanks in advance, Lord, of all the answers to prayers we're offering up right now. That every man, woman, and child in this room would embrace these prayers in their personal lives, that this might come to pass for real for all of us and glorify you, Lord, and us to be found in glory with you. We pray all these things through the precious blood and the precious, precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. amen.